As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Kicking off the second hour of the sweat here, second and final hour. Yes, a two-hour program. We're going to dive into some college basketball bets right now. This is for our new friend of the program, Maggie, who's dialed in, who has battled through our Oscar segment, AEW, NBA All-Star Weekend. She's not a fan. That's okay because Josh is here to help oh, you, yeah. Maggie, and everyone else out there trying to build a money making betting card on another jam-packed Saturday around college basketball selection Sunday. Almost exactly one month away. A lot of talk about bubble teams. A couple teams not too worried about making it as of right now are part of this fancy graphic of the latest rankings and where these teams sit today. So we have number one UConn against fourth-ranked Marquette, 3 o'clock Eastern time this afternoon, and then number six Kansas, and number 25, Oklahoma, another juicy game here, Josh. And we're talking two teams coming off their worst conference performances of the season. Which one are you backing to get back on track here? Give me the Sooners here, Emerson. Ooh, I really like hey. Oklahoma in this spot. This one, to me, a few reasons to like the Sooners in this spot. Number one, this is a huge public play toward Kansas. This is one of the most heavily bet games of the day. Almost 80% of bets are going with Kansas. So just from the standpoint of heavily bet game, I want to bet against the public, not be with the public. You have that contrarian angle. But then, really, to make the smartest bet that you can make, you don't want to just be contrarian. You want to incorporate some sharp action as well. And I can see this sharp action kind of based on some buyback here coming back to the Sooners. You had a lot of books open Kansas minus one. It got up to minus two. I mentioned at the outset, Emerson, maybe you can find the hook on the two and a half. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can find that anymore. It's come back to two and it's pretty much minus 110 on both sides. So I'm wondering if we get actually get down to one and a half. So I'm thinking grab the two now with Oklahoma if you want to take this contrarian play. 
Only 20% of bets, but almost 40% of the money is on Oklahoma. Also mentioned earlier, but Ken Palm has Oklahoma winning this game. Yeah, and our I mean, very Kansas own, has a miserable road record. They've been terrible, Emerson. You're totally right. Two and five on the road. Meanwhile, Oklahoma 13 and two at home. Our buddy Greg Hoops Peterson, who does a great job at Vison, he also has Oklahoma favored in this game. So I think it's a good opportunity to take the two. Again, don't get greedy. You may not find the hook anymore. This is a revenge spot as well. Super contrarian. Ken Palm sound the alarm. I'm going Sooners plus two. All right, let's talk some Creighton Butler here because this Big East battle is a rematch of. One of the games of the year. So back on February 2nd here, Butler outlasted Creighton in Omaha by a score of 99 to 98. But for Butler, that game was kind of a true outlier when it comes to shooting here. They shot 55% from the field and a whopping 59% from three and still only won by a single point. So what do we expect in this rematch? I'm taking the points of the home team here as well, Emerson. Give me Butler in this spot. You mentioned how obviously that they had the huge upset earlier this year against Creighton, so maybe going into this game with some confidence, having beaten them earlier. But this is just another huge contrarian play with a value opportunity. Right now you're getting 77% of bets on Creighton. Public's loading up on the ranked team against the unranked team. But we're kind of looking at a bit of a line freeze here. I mean, you had some books open as high as Creighton, minus three and a half. Uh, we're down, down to three. At one point, even got down to two and a half, I think, this morning. You're kind of hanging around the three right now. I think if you want to wait this thing out, uh, it is the early game, 12.30 p.m., but you may be able to find the hook on the plus three and a half with Butler here. But Emerson, I like betting unranked teams versus ranked teams when they're a, a really contrarian, unpopular home dog. If you look at unranked versus ranked opportunities, they're 54% against the spread the last two seasons. That may not sound very impressive, but remember, the magic number in betting, Emerson, is 52.38%. That's what you got to make uh, to beat the juice and become profitable. What I like about Butler in particular, aside from being the unpopular dog here with some sharp uh, movement, is that they're a dog who can score system match. If I'm going to bet on a dog in a spread sport, I want a dog that can put up points, almost like the Lions uh, in that playoff game against San Francisco. Yep. If you can score, you can, you're a better chance here of covering the number. Butler is averaging 80 points per game. They have the better free throw percentage, better offensive rebound percentage. They're 11-3 at home this year. And again, they did you know beat Creighton earlier this season. So I would hold out for a three and a half, try to get the hook. If not, I'm going plus three with Butler. We got Big Ten play rolling on. So Wisconsin's going to be on the road here to face Iowa. Now, Wisconsin really looked the part as like a national contender, really as little as two weeks ago here, Josh. But since then, how about this? The Badgers have lost four of their last five games, including all three of their true road, road games to Nebraska, Michigan, and Rutgers. This screams fishy, fishy yeah. line here, Emerson. I really like Iowa in this spot. Let me ask you this, Emerson. Wisconsin 17 and 8, they're ranked 20th. Okay. Flip side, Iowa 14 and 11, unranked. Okay. Yet this is basically a pick 'em game. Yeah, this is know. like a minus you tell one. Me here, dude. I mean, to me, right off the bat, don't even dig deeper, and we will dig deeper into percentages, line move system matches, but right off the bat, why is Wisconsin laying such a short number? I mean, they're minus one. This might, I see one book even down closer to, toward a pick 'em here. That just makes no sense. It's fishy. You would think that the play would be, you know, Wisconsin, I don't know, minus three, minus four. The fact that it's so low tells me that the public might be walking into a trap here, just saying the easy play is Wisconsin. Yet, we have seen this line at one point. It was plus one and a half down to plus one in favor of Iowa. It's a, another contrarian play here. You're getting 70% of bets on Wisconsin. Flip it the other way, Iowa's only getting 30% bets, but nearly 60% of the money. So using those VEASAN bet splits from DraftKings, looks like you're only getting a third of bets, but more than half the money. Tells me the money's coming from bigger, sharper wagers here. Another dog who can score system match, Iowa, 
not the greatest defensive team, but uh, they can get up and down the court and score. They're averaging 84 points per game versus 74 for Wisconsin. Uh, they take better care of the ball. Iowa is eighth in the country in terms of uh, turnover percentage. So they don't turn it over very often. Another unranked versus ranked opportunity, 54% ATS. Uh, and you mentioned home road, Emerson. Iowa 11-3 and three at home. Wisconsin 3-6 and six on the road. They just haven't traveled very well. Nope. I, I would hold out for one and a half if not. I'll take the one. I mean, you could even consider a money line play, but I'll take the point if you can get it just on the off chance they lose by one. If you're a fan of hard-fought defensive games, Cincinnati at UCF, America's team, is the game for you going down in O-Town, everybody. And UCF, Josh, been a pretty good moneymaker this season. 14-9-0 ATS. So take me inside that big beefy brain of yours, please. I'm going to your alma mater here. My UCF, man. baby. Not man. only did we have this game on our radar walking into the office today, but they've become sharper since we've been on the air, Emerson. Ooh. Because this game opened uh, UCF at home getting about a point, point and a half. Oh, when we walked that's in, Maggie out there placing bets on yeah, this game. Maggie's causing scene. By the way, Maggie bets with her husband. I wish I could do that. My wife doesn't care at all about my I was going to say, you have a so, wife, not a husband. Exactly, that's true. So you can't bet either way, your significant other, it's great when they can enjoy your passion with you. I think, you know, you bet together, you stay together. Anyway, Cincinnati was minus one, one and a half walking in this morning. It got down to a pick em. Now we've hopped the fence and gone to UCF at minus one. So we now qualify as some dog-to-fave line move. Uh, Emerson, right now 60% bets, but 75% of the money is on UCF. They're not a contrarian play, but that dog-to-fave line move tells me a lot of wise guys here are going UCF. Uh, they're not, they're 11th in defensive efficiency. You were noting this earlier. Yeah. Which is helped, which, good at D. Yeah, which has helped led to wins against Kansas, Texas, and Oklahoma. Their problem is offensive efficiency. So what is 47.7% effective field goal percentage? That's 278th in the country. Not great, Bob. Not great, but they're going up against Cincinnati, who, again, is more of a yeah, defensive team. Yeah, that's great. Team, they're which, worse. Yeah, it <laughs> might, might be worse here. Uh, and the other angle here, Emerson, you mentioned it. You know, they've been playing really good competition recently, UCF. Their last four games have all been against ranked mm-hmm. teams. Now, they've lost three of four, but they played elite competition, and they've hung in these games. I mean, you only lose by two to BYU. You lost by seven to Texas Tech, eight to Baylor. You beat Oklahoma. So even though the record looks like they're kind of in a tailspin here, they played against elite competition. Now they're at home. This is a revenge spot. Keep an eye on that. And these matchups, you know, these teams are now playing each other for the second time oftentimes. It's hard to run the table and, and beat a team twice in one season. I lean at, you know, kind of the revenge angle here, the fact that UCF lost to Cincinnati earlier this year, 68-57. to 57. So I'm, I'm taking uh, UCF here, Emerson. If you got the one, you're feeling great right now. Mm-hmm. Now that you're minus one, it's a money line bet. I'm not right. going to mess around with a one-point win and push. Money line, UCF. All right, you want to talk Colorado and USC as well. Just a few weeks ago, we all remember, there was buzz surrounding Colorado because the Buffs had a real shot, everyone believed, at contending for the Pac-12 title here. However, in their last five games, they've gone one and four, including a 20-point loss to Arizona, which has sent them tumbling down the standings here. So I am so disappointed in Colorado. I bet them in the last two games, they got blown out by Arizona. Yeah. Then they go to UCLA. I remember that. I, so I, I, I was I also in Vegas. A, it ruined one when I, when I my also put a couple bucks on that game. Yes, Colorado I actually, took them on the money line against right. Arizona. I said, hey, Josh, what are you feeling tonight? So and yes, I, you I owe, owe me you. $5. I owe you, and I'll give you that $5. I'll give you a little juice on that, too. Okay. And we're going to get our revenge today because we're going to bet against Colorado. I like UCLA yes. here, Emerson, or USC. Uh, this game opened Colorado, you know, minus two. Uh, it's down to minus one and a half, even though Colorado is getting 71% of bets. I think the public, and again, you got to remember, football's over now. Public's going to transition to college basketball. They're going to bet with their, you know, their bias and looking at win-loss records. So Colorado's 16 and nine. They're only laying a point and a half against USC, who's 10 and 15. Easy plays to take Colorado. 
However, despite seven out of 10 bets on Colorado, we've fallen minus two to one and a half. Uh, you look at this spot here, um, Colorado as well. They've lost four or five. Emerson, Colorado on the road this year is one in seven. They mm-hmm. just have not traveled well. I'm out on them. I'm out too. And also, uh, USC, uh, you, I keep saying UCLA. Yeah, USC, yeah. I'm screwing up my West Coast teams here, Emerson. <laughs> but USC, Same they're only city. 10 and 15, <laughs> but they're getting healthier. They're playing better as of late. Uh, they finally have a team that, and again, I think in the preseason, they had uh, one of the best recruits uh, overall uh, in college basketball. They're finally gelling a little bit. They're winning some games. They're playing better. Uh, one and seven on the road, Colorado, seven and five at home for USC. So I'm taking USC in this spot. Give me the points okay. all day. Try to get a two if you can. Why are you going to the America East here for this Vermont main game? Well, first off, I'm a proud alum. Of yes. UVM, yep. class of 2000. Did you up on that? So, yeah. Have you ever got a chance to go to Burlington, Vermont, Emerson? God's country up there. Great, I'm, a, great I'm a Stowe guy. Yeah. Born and raised. Absolutely. Love that about you. But I like Vermont here today. First off, Vermont's playing Maine, America East, 3 o'clock. It's an added game, extra game. So what does that mean? It means when you look at the Vegas ID number, rotation number, it's hard to find on your app. You have to go to an extra tab to find this game. Game 306-575, 306-576. Good steam move here to Vermont. Vermont opened as low as minus 2. They've been bet up to 3.5 now, even 4. When I see a line move on a tiny little game like this, Emerson, it tells me that it's almost purely smart money causing that number to move. Because with a huge slate today, you know, are people really betting Vermont, Maine? No, not really. So the fact that it's moving tells me it's smart money. Uh, Ken Palm does have UVM by four. Better offensive efficiency. Uh, they take much better care of the ball. UVM's ninth in the country and, and not turning it over. So I'm going to go money line here. It's around minus 160, minus 165. Win the game. Emerson, if we have a good day today, your Knights win, my UVM Cats win. Let's go. Hey, my man. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I also absolutely love... That Tiger Woods was back out on the golf course, but that didn't last very long. His first start on tour since last year's Masters, and the end of it had some Paul Pierce in a wheelchair vibe. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. All right, back here on the SWAT, what we thought was going to be an incredible weekend at the Genesis, an elevated event. Tiger Woods is back. Big stars, big names like Jordan Spieth. Uh Uh-uh, not so fast. Let's dive into what the hell we've been witnessing at Riviera Country Club with my guy, Jeff Ulrich, our gorgeous golf guru here at DraftKings Network. Top of the morning to you, Jeff. How you doing today? Top of the morning to you too, pal. I mean, I'm doing good. Like you said, I mean, this event is, uh, has given us a few twists and turns, but yeah. it's pretty good golf from, from some elite players still, but yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a little bit disappointing that, uh, <laughs> we're not going to be seeing two of the elite names. One of them was right. actually in contention as well. So for sure. uh, a little bit of weirdness going on yesterday. For sure. <laughs> like all of a sudden, I think people are like, well, you know, the rest of the weekend's kind of a wash. Cause we have these two big storylines that have just been dominating headlines. You got a dude dominating the leaderboard going back to the speed situation. So he's disqualified because signs, you know, his scorecard, he leaves the scoring area without a correct scorecard. So Shane Bacon here, big on Twitter, says golf rules are, are pretty hilarious when you really break them down. The 12th ranked golfer in the world was told today that he can't continue to do his job because of math. Yeah. And then below that, he adds, a buddy of mine said it would be like officials asking LeBron as if he went to the locker room at halftime, how many points he has. And if he gets it wrong, he can't play the second half. Jeff, I, yeah. I, I, I like I, I totally get like why they have the rule because they really want to maintain tradition and going back to when golf was born 700 years ago or whatever it was. It's archaic though. Like there are already tons of ways to keep score. They have an official score with them. Um, like what does this rule need to change? I, I'd say maybe a penalty, maybe make them play the third round without a putter. Yeah. Okay, so two things. First of all, it's not the same as asking LeBron to count his points. <laughs> LeBron is playing basketball, which is an up and down contact sport. You're, I mean, that that's a completely different thing. That's 10 times as hard. You're walking up and down a fairway. You're just counting a couple strokes. It's not that hard. The second thing, this has been a part of golf forever. So yeah, does it seem a little bit archaic? I guess so it is, but like, this is the rules. And we don't see this come up very often. So I don't really like the argument that, oh, this is archaic. We should get rid of this. No, you should. I think it's a good part of the game. You bring up a good point, though. I think the penalty is too harsh. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Disqualifying a player? Go ahead, Jeff. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No, I I just think that the penalty is too harsh. Absolutely. Let's just penalize him like one, two strokes. That's it. Like you said, we do have checks on this. So let's not get rid of the player from the tournament. That's a little too harsh. I think it should stay in golf. I really do. It's been a part of the game forever. Yeah, you're asking a player to do a little bit of math. Golf isn't a contact sport. You don't have to, like, body the other golfers. Let's just add a little bit of twist in there. Why not? If you can't keep track of your score, you lose two strokes. But no, he should not have been disqualified. That part I agree with. Because, uh, like, it's simple, too, because you have have to go through so many steps 
in order to make sure everyone's on the same page about the score. So it's kind of crazy. I get it. Yeah. He shot like a two over, 73. So he was pissed. He probably wasn't like thinking a whole lot and darted out of there before double checking and triple checking everything, which you have another individual yeah. or two also in the scoring area. It is kind of crazy. Again, understand the rule, why it's there. The punishment needs to change. It, I thought we were going to start this segment by talking about Tiger Woods and having to withdraw because of an illness here, Jeff, but then Speed did the whole can't add up score thing. But Tiger Woods was making his first start, right, since last year's Masters. And so he has now withdrawn from three of his last six tournaments since the 2022 Masters and has only completed 72 holes on the PGA Tour twice, including at Riviera last season, Jeff. Just your big takeaway here, because to me, he never really looked totally comfortable. We saw the limp a little bit, but talking to producer Drew beforehand, I'm like, maybe this is just the way he looks now. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, look, I believe Tiger when he says he just wasn't feeling well. Like like you said, he didn't look 100% correct. It happens. Um, I think the other factor here is, like, this is his event. You know, like he's the host. So you, you have to understand, like he's got double duties this week. It's it's not just, he's not just focused on playing. He's got other stuff to do. I don't think he wants to go on the weekend, shoot 78 or 80 tomorrow or today, excuse me. And then have to pull out and be like, yeah, I'm also the host. So maybe he just <laughs> felt like he couldn't do both. I think that's fair. And like, quite frankly, I don't really care. Tiger can pull out as many events as possible. I just want to see him continue to make starts. And I think when you see, when you get him to the Masters, it will be a little bit different yeah. because he won't be focused on hosting. He'll be focused on playing and getting in four rounds. So yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Like you said, he had back spasms as well, but he hasn't played on the PGA for a while. So yeah. hopefully this shook off a bit of rust for Tiger. I do think you'll see a little bit more focused, a little bit, you know, more business like Tiger when you get to Augusta, and that's my hope, and that we do get to see four rounds from him. Yeah, so did you find, was there any encouragement that you could look at at least in the first round when it comes to maybe considering betting him again? Because remember at the Hero World Challenge, he was like, hey, listen, I actually, you know, I'm feeling good. I want to play at least one tournament a month. So Masters isn't until April. Maybe we see him at the players. Maybe we see him at the API. Like, what are you going to take from the first round when he appeared to be relatively healthy in terms of considering betting yeah. him down the road? I mean, look, uh, I think it, like let the, the one thing that this is probably going to do, Tiger's made cut odds at the Masters are probably going to get worse. So yeah. like he he makes the cut at Augusta. Like he made it la he made the cut last year basically playing on one leg. Like his leg was not right. He needed yeah. to get surgery right after that event and he made the cut. So Let's see what his odds are to make the cut at Augusta. Because if he doesn't play until Augusta, it probably means that his made cut odds there are going to be a lot better than perhaps they should be. So that's something I'm going to be looking out for. I mean, look, he made some birdies on Riviera. He certainly didn't embarrass himself. I know he had that one shank, but like, you know, like you can shoot 78 on Riviera. Some pros did on the first run, like not 78, but I mean, three, four over par. He didn't do that. I think that's pretty solid in and of itself. So no, I'm still bullish on Tiger for at least making the cut at Augusta, maybe putting up a better showing. All right, well, in terms of what we see, by the way, Tiger Woods, plus 10,000 uh, to win the Masters uh, in April, Jeff. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't, yeah, do, that. don't do that right now. <laughs> That's a waste. Let, let's talk I about don't care what Kevin from the office tells you. <laughs> don't do that, please. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, it feels good to win one every once in a while. All right, let's talk about maybe who you like to win as we still have two more rounds to go right. at uh, Riviera here, dude. Patrick Cantlay has a 5 
stroke lead right now at the halfway point. It matches the largest 36-hole lead in tournament history here. There are some big names towards the top of the leaderboard. Day, Shuffler, uh, Xander, Finau. My God, Scheffler right now, Jeff, just a side note, he's playing like at elite Tiger back in his prime days, T to green, but when he gets on the freaking green, he's he was near dead last in this field and, and putting here. So um, looking at this featured event here, who stands out to you right now? I can't believe we're still talking about this with Scotty Scheffler. I mean, this isn't like a, a new phenomenon. No. This is like a year and a half we're talking about this. This guy really needs to figure out the around the green and the putting. He's basically turning into like elite Luke List. So um, it is it is interesting to watch. Look, Cantlay's probably going to win this event. I mean, like, let's not sugarcoat it. He looked great yesterday. He had some awkward drives, and he just, he just like, yeah, I think I'll just hit it to 10 feet from the rough. So yeah. when a guy's doing that around Riviera, it's really hard to stop. Um, look, I, I think that if you're targeting anyone back there, the two names that jump out to me, Tony Finau has looked good outside of, like, a three-hole stretch. He's plus 4,000. And then Xander Schauffele has made a habit of making some really big comebacks in his career. And I'm not suggesting Cantlay is going to fall apart, but like if, if softly go, if someone's going to go out and shoot like 62 on Sunday, like softly has done that. So that's just a guy I would be wary of. Uh, I do like the top 10 odds on Tony Finau as well. Like I said, he's played well. It's just, he had one really terrible stretch and it kind of took him out of contention and then Cantlay blasted off. And it's just like, okay, well he's eight back, but I think that the, the top 10 odds on Finau are very fair. He's, He's finished top 10 at this event numerous times. He's got a great course history. I think plus 125, extremely fair odds there on Fino. Yeah, and just go back to Cantley. Like, his steadiness really hasn't even been rewarded with a trophy since the 2022 BMW Championship. And, like, the dude is, like, top three, four, five in some of the major yeah. stats, like, on tour. We'll see. It's going to be a six-hour round for him. We all know that. What do you like right now yes. in, in terms of round three props? Anything stand out to you on the DK Sportsbook? Yeah, I mean, Cantlay just doesn't, or um, you know, doesn't win as much as he should. Yeah. When the putter shows up, he's hard to beat. Uh, like I said, Tony Finau okay. plus one ten to finish in the top ten at the end of round three. Okay, there I you think go. that's another bet you could consider. You could, uh, you know, obviously double down on Tony. You could play round three and round four if you wanted. Uh, but let's go to matchup props just quickly. Okay, I, I don't mind taking my guy Russell Henley over JT Poston on DraftKings. Um, Poston is has had a good run, but he really did not hit the ball well the first couple rounds. This is not what I'd call a JT Poston course. Um, it's a little bit longer, puts more stress on your approaches, and um, that, that that's just hindered him uh, at this week. And it's I think he's also a better Bermuda putter. Henley's played pretty well around Riviera for his career. He's a better long iron player, uh, at least slightly better. And, and he played pretty well yesterday. I think minus 110 for Russ there in that situation with uh, the way JT Poston hit the ball the first couple rounds. I think that's pretty fair. I would lean a little bit making uh, Henley the favorite in that one. So I think getting him at minus 110 is pretty fair. All right, Jeff, uh, good hanging out with you this morning. Well, a lot of big tournaments uh, coming up here as golf is just getting underway. The season is, so we'll be talking to you much more. Not as rowdy out there, Riviera, as uh, Waste management last week, by the way. Every, right. Everyone's California sober you know, out in California. Hey, that's right. Kyle Shanahan may need to chill out a little bit because what he did last week, not great, Bob. We Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Julian Edlow. It's been a few blocks. Thanks for being here again. No problem. Figured I should... <laughs> 
you know, get in here and do a little heavy lifting. Yeah, indeed. And I have some heavy lifting for you to do right now. Let's react because we talked NBA earlier. Let's talk some NFL right now. Yeah. We're still fresh. The Super Bowl's still fresh on the mind. We're going to look into our big, beefy crystal balls here in a second. But looking back on that Super Bowl, A, you nailed it with the Chiefs. Congratulations. No sweat winner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely no sweat whatsoever. But the dynasty otherwise known as the Kansas City Chiefs, they're officially here, aren't they? Yeah, uh, you know, they're they're that team right now. They've they've completed the f- people want to compare them to the Patriots, right? And, yes. and Mahomes to Brady. They've completed the first part of what the Patriots did. And then they took a break of winning Super Bowls, but they were in contention each year, and then, you know, eventually got another three in five year uh situation. So Let's see how they can build off this. But, you know, they, they have their three in a short window. What is it? Three and five years. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're the real deal. And you look at the Chiefs like we were talking on this show ahead of Baltimore, Kansas City in the AFC championship game. Like, how about Kansas City plus 400 to win it uh, to win it all? Like, that's when they're in the final four. They're plus 650 next year to win it all. It almost seems like you just wait for a better number for people to start doubting them and then come in on them at that point that you're going to get a better number. But, you know, it's the Niners at 550 at the top looking at next year and the Chiefs at plus 650. If you want to take the Chiefs, I'm not going to argue with you for the same reason I wouldn't argue with you about the Patriots. They're going to put it, unless Mahomes gets hurt, they're going to put themselves in position to win every year. And you're going to have a good ticket in pocket. I can't tell if it's going to cash or not, but you're going to be in that, you know, conference championship game, probably hosting it at Arrowhead. If you're not, you're still going to have a great chance to win it. Maybe you go to the Super Bowl, maybe you don't. But you can hedge when, when you get there. They're, they're going to be in position. Does Kyle Shanahan deserve the label of choke artist, the offensive coordinator in that 28-3 Super Bowl, then lost the 10-point lead in Super Bowl 54 to the Chiefs, lost another double-digit lead in Super Bowl 58 to the Chiefs? Yes, absolutely. And you can go ahead and fire Steve Wilkes if that's what you think. You yeah, that, Mahomes, was, that was BS. That's that was power BS. move. You held Steve Wilkes did a great job, held Mahomes to uh, 19 points in regulation. They barely got anything going in the first half. Steve Wilkes did his job. Kyle Shanahan got some flukes, like the special teams. If you could, there's five plays in that game you could point to. If the Niners do this, they win the mm-hmm. game. I think the special teams blunder was the biggest. Um, and McLeod did the right thing, trying to dive for the ball because it had already been touched by somebody else. But that one, maybe not as much on, on Shanahan, a special team's mistake, but the rest of them taking the ball uh, in overtime, not bleeding clock in certain spots. The, like, the San Francisco players saying, oh, we didn't really know the new not overtime Not coaching rules. your team what? for the rules. When Kansas City was on it since training camp, they were ready to go. They're like, we know that we want the ball yeah. uh, second, regardless of who wins. It's just what direction are we going to go? So Kansas City was more prepared. They deserve to win, but uh, Shanahan... Absolutely a choke artist. It's now three Super Bowl appearances. You've led by double digits in the second half of all of them. You've lost all of them. Um, And the only, the only little asterisk I'll give him is that those losses came Brady, Mahomes, Mahomes. So he's been opposite elite competition, uh, but it keeps happening. And it's happened, it's also happened in games without them. It's happened in non-Super Bowl playoff games against lesser competition. It's just not the Super Bowl which seems more likely to be in New Orleans for Super Bowl 59. These are the two teams you can currently bet their win totals on the DK Sportsbook. Chiefs set at 10.5, 49ers set at 11.5 right now, Jules. Yeah, so like which team is more likely? If we look at the Super Bowl odds next year, the top seven teams, five of them are AFC. Niners are favored, 
And then the fourth, uh, fifth favorite is the Detroit Lions at 12 to 1. Otherwise, Kansas City plus 650, Baltimore plus 900, yep. Buffalo plus 1,000, Cincy 13 to 1, Miami 17 to 1. So, you know, statistically, mathematically, like the Niners are going to have the easy path. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I bet the Niners big to win the NFC this year was uh, I don't know if I believe in the Eagles and the Cowboys and these other teams that they're contending with. That turned out to look pretty good the way that the Eagles and Cowboys bowed out so again they're going to be angry and they're in the lesser conference so the Niners probably have the better shot to get there again but like like I said the Chiefs are going to be in position now maybe it's the AFC title game and it's in Baltimore again next year and Baltimore yeah, or is just in ready maybe it's in Buffalo um whatever maybe it's in well, I, actually you know what everybody wanted to talk about the Manning Brady or is it at Josh Allen it's really Burrow. Like, Burrow's the guy that's beaten him to go to the Super Bowl in that, and Burrow was out this year. Bengals, 13-1. to 1. Don't mind that one, and that's another team like Burrow's proven capable of knocking Mahomes out. So that's why the AFC is going to be tougher next year. The Lions, do you really believe, are the biggest threat to dethroning maybe the 49ers of the Lions arrived? They kind of look like it. They've, yeah. they've played the part. It seems like they're there, and now they have, you know, generally when these teams get over the hump, you have one of those gut-wrenching, losses when you're like right at the doorstep and it helps you get there and helps you improve and that's in all sports and then and the lions now have that on on their resume um the eagles had a tough loss in the super bowl to the chiefs but they they clearly did not have it this year you know the the eagles cowboys and packers are all 20 to 1 the packers have now entered that conversation just as much as dallas and philly according to odds makers so like the NFC's fallen off. You know, one of those teams probably proves to be better than we were giving them credit for because we have this recency bias of what just happened um, and gets off to a hot start. But, I mean, we got to remember the playoff history. These, these teams haven't had it. And then elsewhere on the DK Sportsbook, in the NFL section, coach of the year. Mm-hmm. So Jim Harbaugh, last time he took a new coaching job in the NFL, he won this award in runaway fashion. So it kind of makes sense that he's the favorite here. That first award-winning season, by the way, 2011, when he led San Francisco to a 13-3 and record. Do you like I, him at the top of the board here again? So I'm going to say I understand why he's favored. A lot of hype. He's coming off a championship. He's done it before. It takes a few years to build. So I'm not going to bet Harbaugh to win coach of the year uh you know will he get one in a few years maybe I also don't think outside of Herbert like I don't think the Chargers have the pieces that they need or the coaches around Harbaugh that they need to win yet I think this is going to take some time to build so I'm a no on coach I think they're in like salary cap hell too like they're gonna have yeah they're in a tough spot um we'll see what Raheem Morris can do in Atlanta Matt LaFleur is up there because of the the strong finish that Green Bay had I'm not going to bet this now, uh, and I won't necessarily tell you a name that I would bet because I'll probably get there like over the summer. But what I will tell you, I disagree with Jim Harbaugh being the the favorite yeah. there. That means that everybody below him comes at a better price than they should. All right. The NFL offseason is here. I believe the new league year starts in a few weeks, middle of March. Free agency will open all that fun stuff. The draft is right around the corner, and a lot of eyes right now on what Chicago is going to do. So one of the biggest questions hanging over the league right now is the future of Justin Fields at quarterback for Chicago. So in terms of next team Mm -hmm. to land his services, there is a favorite. And it is not Chicago. 
and it is on the AFC side of the NFL, and is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Julian. Where would you put your money on this list? I'm following the money here. It's Pittsburgh Steelers minus 125. It's come down from minus 120. It's come down from 10 to 1. The Steelers were 10 to 1, and this has come barreling down to an odds-on favor. That means it took some serious money. Now, I don't know if the pieces are actually in place here. I don't know how far along they are on making this deal actually happen. But Fields leaving Chicago, the Bears at, at... Two to one. Generally, I would say, like last week, we talked to Jante Murray at the trade deadline. I said, bet him plus 185 to stay with the Hawks. Generally, betting on a team to stay with the team they're on in a short window makes sense to me. But Chicago has that number one pick. They're probably, whoever has the number one pick is going to take Caleb Williams. If Chicago keeps it, they're going to take Caleb Williams. And that means Justin Fields has to be on the move. So Pittsburgh is now down to just Kenny Pickett. On the roster. Yeah, because they got rid of Mitch Trubisky. And Adam Schefter said earlier this week, too, that Mike Tomlin is a big fan of Justin Fields. Yeah, it's all kind of coming together. He feels like a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He's tough. He's dual threat. I think he winds up there. Uh, A couple other dudes to choose from here in the players' next team tab on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Anyone else grab your attention here? There's Russell Wilson there. Kirk Cousins is there as well. Yeah, Kirk Cousins pretty heavily favored at minus 200 to go back to Minnesota. If you go up to Russell Wilson there, Denver is still plus 350. And the Steelers, if we so if we like Wilson, uh, sorry, if we like Fields to go yes. to the Steelers, and the Steelers are even money for Wilson, and Denver's right behind them at plus 350, that means the board starts with Atlanta at plus 450. So, and I don't, it's not going to be the Patriots. So we're looking at like Falcons, Raiders, Vikings, if Cousins move, if Cousins moves, I don't think the commanders were happy with Sam Howell, 16 to one. So if we, if we just draw a line through Pittsburgh and Denver at the top, kind of like we did with Harbaugh in the coach of the year market, that just means we're getting great prices on the rest of the board as info kind of trickles out. Could be some good bets there. All right, Jules. Well, thanks a lot for swinging by here and hanging out with us on a Saturday. We're going to dive a lot deeper into some of the draft odds on the DK Sportsbook on this show next weekend. So we look forward to seeing you then. Love betting the NFL draft. You're not? You love I love betting the NFL draft. Yeah, you certainly do. And we love when you do. We love your advice. Thank you so much. Josh, we'll return. We're going to wrap up this morning edition of The SWAC coming up next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. But the six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Folks, final block of this Saturday morning edition of The Sweat. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock Eastern time on DraftKings Network and VSIN. I'm Emerson Lotzi and Josh Applebaum here. Uh, Josh, big market guy, big analytics guy. So we're going to wrap up the program with some market insights here. And let's start with UFC because there's a massive pay-per-view on deck. UFC is back in California, back in Anaheim, the former home of Shohei Otani. That's tonight, one of the most highly anticipated main events in a while in UFC 298, the biggest event of 2024 so far. So what are you seeing in terms of movement right now? Give us that market insight. Yeah, so I'm gonna focus on a welterweight bout here, Emerson, between Jeff Neal and Ian Gary. And one quick comment when it comes to looking at data, like my niche in the betting market is looking at what the market is doing, following the market, kind of acting like a Wall Street guy looking at the stock market. I'm not a pro handicapper. I'm not setting my own numbers and telling you, hey, I have this number, the odds makers have this, therefore bet that. But the beauty of being a market-driven better is that you can kind of bet any sport. As long as you have access to the line movement, the percentages, the system matches, it can be any kind of sport. If you can read the market, you can bet it. So I like betting UFC. To me, when I'm betting UFC, I look at a couple of things. I look at uh, where the percentage of bets are coming down, where the line is moving, and then I also look at the tail of the tape in terms of looking at ideally a fighter who is younger, taller, has a longer reach. And then when you apply the betting market, has a line move with a good bet split. So I fell on Ian Gary. I'm gonna go Ian Gary Emerson. I know it's kind of a big number. He opened minus 200. He's been bet up, you know, as high as minus 235, minus 240. So it's a big price here. It's really important to bet to risk versus bet to win. You're not risking 2.4 units to win one. You're just risking your one unit, trying to get a little less than a half unit back. What I like about Ian Gary, one is that he opened minus 200 and he's been bet up so hard. So we're telling it's telling us basically that the market is moving in his favor. Also, the public is loading up on the dog Neil, yet the line is moving toward Gary. So you have a bit of a fade the trendy dog reverse line move in favor of Gary. Then we get into some of the tail of the tape here, Emerson. Ian Gary is younger, 26 years old versus 33 years old. He's taller, six foot two versus five foot nine. And then we get into some mm. of the uh, the stats here. Significant strikes per minute. This is important when you're betting UFC. Ideally, you want your you know your male or female fighter to knock the other person out, submit them. But a lot of times it goes through a decision to the judges, and a lot of times the judges will lean on who has more strikes, who put up more offense. Significant strikes per minute with Gary, six point seven. Uh, versus 5.2 uh, per round or per minute. So again, he has more offense here. 
significant strike accuracy, 56% versus 50%, and also looking at uh, better grappler or wrestler. If you can get this one to the mat, big advantage here for Gary. His finish takedowns, 75% versus only 44% for Jeff Neal. So I'm going Ian Gary. I know it's a big number here, uh, but I'm going to have him just to sweat him to win yep. about tonight. And strikes are also huge in DFS if you're going to go ahead and build a lineup, a UFC lineup for tonight's UFC 298. And by the way, most dudes who say they're 6'2 are not 6'2". Trust me, I'm 6'2". As for those folks watching, we had a big college basketball audience. Oh, yeah, made Maggie happy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So a lot of teams on the bubble right now, again, about a month or so out from Selection Sunday, quite a few games this weekend that can help push teams out of that at-large conversation right now and are worth tuning in for. So which ones do you have for us? Yeah, so there's a great tab on the DK Sportsbook right now uh, to make or miss the tournament. And again, a lot of these numbers are huge. Like one side is minus 1,000 or minus 1,500. Other side's plus 1,500, plus 2,000. I'm not going to focus on those. Those are your long shots. It's more of a long shot for the dog to make it versus betting the favorite to miss it. Again, it's just too much of a minus number. So we got two for you, Emerson. One is Nevada. This is a team that... I've been staying up late to sweat quite a bit this year. I've been watching yep. them a lot. They're pretty much a coin flip here to make or miss the uh, tournament. Yes is plus 105. No is minus 135. I'm going to take a shot on the yes at plus 105. Nevada is 19-6 and six on the year. The Mountain West is a very strong conference. Should have a lot of teams from the Mountain West to make it. I think the important thing is if you're betting this, don't just look at what they've done in the past, but you know, try to map out what's ahead of them, what's moving forward. What does the remaining schedule look like? Now, obviously, you really need Nevada to hopefully win today. They're a very short dog. They're only getting uh, plus one and a half on the road at UNLV. Uh, analytics say, uh, Ken Palm in particular, it could be an opportunity to escape with a win or at least take the points with Nevada. But if they can get that UNLV game today, the remaining schedule, they're going to play Wyoming. They're a 500 team, should beat them. San Jose State, 9-16, and 16, you should beat them. Now, you have some tough ones, Colorado State, Boise. You're going to play UNLV again. We're also going to play Fresno, 11-14. and 14. So if this is a team that, you know, down the stretch, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, can you go 4-3, and 5-2? and two? Can you have a final record of around 25 wins? I think that's enough to maybe get into the tournament. they got two great players, Jared Lucas, Keenan Blackshear, Steve Alford is a really good coach. And they have some strong wins on the year. So I'm going to take a shot on Nevada to make the tournament at plus 105. Okay, anything else there in terms of bubble teams? Real quick, Nebraska. Nebraska's okay. a team that's had some huge upset wins this year. Remember, they beat Purdue when Purdue was number one. Yep. Uh, they beat Nebraska when they were ranked number six. They went to overtime against Illinois. The really big thing you're going to look at with the selection committee is quad one wins. Basically, have you, do you have any good wins against really good competition? They have a bunch of those. Nebraska is 17-8 on the year. Their yes-no is minus 115, both sides. So I think the, even the sports books don't really know how to set this one. They're basically saying, hey, pay the juice minus 115, but we don't really lean one way or the other. I like them to uh, hopefully make it, Emerson. I'll go minus 115 that they will make it. Uh, Nebraska is a big favorite today. They're favored by eight and a half against Penn State. If you can get that win, then you look at the remaining schedule. No ranked teams. Uh, Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan. Michigan's down this year. I think they can get into the tournament here. I would bet the yes on uh, Nebraska minus 115 to make the tournament. Okay, uh, quickly here. NBA All-Star Game also has your attention. Why is that? It does, Emerson. I'm going to be the really annoying you know, person at the party who's going to take the under in the total here because it's a very high yeah. total. I mean, nope. Julian gave his input on that earlier in the show. and Yeah, well, what did he take over under? Yeah, so he's actually, he thought it was a good spot to maybe wait until the game kind of starts. Okay, so bit. live bet opportunity. Maybe, maybe a live bet opportunity there. So I'm with Julian in that regard. I think the one thing, so let's look at what the market's doing. This total opened 364 and a half. I mean, you're only going to get a total like this in an all-star game. They play no defense, Emerson. It's just a a glorified you know, exhibition game. 
Obviously, it's a massive total, but it did fall. It opened 364 and a half. It's down to 363 and a half. Uh, crazy high total. They don't play defense. The over is 13 and five since 2005. Last year, we had a 184 to 175 game. You landed 359. But Emerson, the big thing here is that the rules have changed. It's no longer, you know, the Elam ending, which we were talking about during the break, mm -hmm. how you have to play that, you know, untimed final score gets really weird there in the end. I like that. Adam Silver said, let's just go back to East-West. Let's uh, go back so to four much quarters. so simple and easier. I want yeah. to think, like, less and less. I want to sit there and have a beverage on the couch and not have to do math in my head. Exactly. So this should hopefully be easier for you, Emerson. But I was <laughs> trying to do some math here looking at the four years of the Elam ending versus the four years prior you average around 328 in terms of a final total for the last four years of the Elam. When we had regular, just, you know, the East-West, four quarters, mm -hmm. 12 minutes, it was 331. So it was yeah. about the same. But I think with the rule changes and maybe the way this will be played, East-West, going back to old school, I think you're going to go under here. So I'll take under 363 and a half. And if you're looking for a player prop, there are player props on this game. Jason Tatum over 23 and a half points. I think you got to look at the guys who care about this. MVP last year. Of, of he won the MVP. Game. Yep. If you know we're in Boston, so we follow Tatum a lot. It, it means a lot to him. You know, a lot of these players. This is like your, uh, you know, this is your time to shine amongst your peers. Play well. And it meant a lot to him last year too, because of you know the award being named after Kobe. Kobe. Exactly. So I think Tatum's going to take this seriously. I think he's going to play hard. He's young. He'll get a lot of minutes. I go over 23 and a half points for Tatum. Okay. Also, it's that time of year when NFL trade rumors are running rampant, and DraftKings Sportsbook here is offering next team odds for a lot of these stars. Guys like Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, and more. Kind of fueling some speculation here about where their landing spot is going to be next. So what do you like in these markets? So to me, I'm going to kind of wait a little bit here because I think you're going to get a lot of the crazy rumor season right now where you're, getting, you're hearing a lot of hot takes. This guy will go there. That guy will go there. Cousins, to me, you know, there was kind of an inkling of maybe he teams up with Belichick in Atlanta. Obviously, Belichick doesn't get the job. That's kind of been uh, thrown off the board here. I think there's a chance maybe San Francisco, uh, if you can get a, a good plus money payout here for Kirk Cousins. You know, what? Shanahan, to, to me, I know it's a, kind of a Brock long Purdy, shot here. Look, Brock Purdy, they did not lose that Super Bowl because of him. Plus 1,800. And my whole reasoning here, I know Vikings minus 200. Always keep an eye out for a guy who's expected to stay on his own team. It's kind of like not the sexy yeah. pick, but to stay there and play for the Vikings and minus then, 200. Did, did they, does he have a track record with Shanahan? Were they together in Washington? They were together in Washington. Great okay. job by you, Emerson. Yep. But also, Thanks producer Drew getting in my ear and telling me that. Thank you, Drew. Drew's always got our back. Uh, <laughs> but I would also say, you know, does Shanahan just say, like, he's always like, like, I'm more important than the quarterback. I had Jimmy G to the Super Bowl. I had Purdy to the Super Bowl. You know, does he say, hey, maybe I need to upgrade my QB, make my life a little bit easier? Cousins is a free agent. I think he wanted like $30 million a year guaranteed for Going three from years. one system quarterback to another? Yeah. Just yeah. kidding. Just <laughs> kidding, everybody. So I know the financials are a little bit tough because you uh, obviously have a lot of star players you got to pay uh, with not much budget in terms of the cap. But to me, for taking a long shot, Cousins to the 49ers, I think it makes some sense. Okay. All right. I, I do know, too, like with Justin Jefferson, like they tried to offer him this massive extension before this last season. And he said no because he wants to end up playing with Kirk Cousins. He likes what they have done together. So I think in order for the team to work something out with Justin Jefferson, they're going to have to work out something with Kirk Cousins. That's why I think Vikings being the favorite to Land him or keep him, I should say. There's also a rumor, did you hear around here, Patriots maybe trade their pick, get Jefferson in return. I think Justin Fields could end up. I would take Fields any day of the week here. All right, Pats. that's the show, everybody. We're back here tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Deuces.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 